1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: You have entered the happy hour. A One on the clock, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris L.O., Matt Scraby. Padres in a short one today. 5-1, take down the Rangers to improve to... Four and two in Cactus League action. Something Scraby is very, very pumped about. me hey, for the big cake,
3: man. Chasing yeah, the title.
2: you they, are they, gonna get those TVs for winning the uh, Cactus League championship. Cactus League championship. All flat screens. Big Scraby
3: one. could take a. Would love a flat screen. Yeah, you know I am um, flat screen. Actually, yeah, please bring it actually, over. Actually, never mind. I had a flat screen that uh, we weren't using anymore. I offered it to Scraby. He said, no, don't need it. Okay. That oh, is, that's exactly totally right. Oh, wow. No, he no, no, a flat screen, bro? No, he didn't. Would, it wouldn't even, fit, in my, it wouldn't it even fit where I needed it to go. Oh, I see. What, you're telling me it was too also, big? Also, the TV
2: was too big? Is that what you too said? The TV was him? too big, yes. I see. I've never heard somebody say that before.
4: <laughs> never was
3: heard big. that I can't. either.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, Chris <laughs> was also giving me a... Never mind. I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds yeah, you should. don't. You, you already. You I was going <laughs> to. I was going right. to try to make a joke, but I'm not going to. So yeah, well, it probably been a bad fall joke. flat like right. it would have been a bad
2: joke anyway. You know, you people should. tell uh, me
4: that my jokes are hilarious. Okay, who <laughs> tells you that, Scray? Who <laughs> people, are these people? People on social media say, "Don't listen to the guys. You have funny jokes." How many of
2: these people tell you that? Three. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's good. There, you go. <laughs> there, there you have Here's it. Here's another uh, funny joke. Some of, the, some of the standouts from today, Juan Soto will leave here pretty shortly, and he's going to go into the World Baseball Classic pretty hot. Uh, a double today, two knocks, an RBI. He's hitting .750 uh, so far in this spring training. Uh, Nelson Cruz hit his first spring home run. Uh, uh, Austin Nola, he had a knock. Trent Grisham had a knock. Uh, Brandon Dixon also had a knock. He continues to put together a nice spring, but... I would say uh, the lead the lead dog today was Nick Martinez. Four innings of work, um, one hit. Now, typically, four innings is a lot this early that is spring a lot training. for spring. But, but again, he's trying to he's, get ready to start. He's the, trying um, to get ready for the WBC. Yeah, That's so. right. And this and this brings I think this is a good sign. I mean, he clearly is feeling good. Uh, four punch outs to one walk, one hit, and four innings of work. Um, so he's going to go into the WBC uh, pitching pretty well Chris and um he's going to leave a, a good set of starts in Bo Mel's head before he exits the stage to go represent uh, the yeah. US.
3: I wonder how much what they got what they what they actually do in the uh, like a guy like Martinez. I mean obviously, you know Machado, Soto, Bogart's, they could go oh for the World Baseball Classic. It's not going to change what Bob Melvin and the Padres think of them.
2: And they're not going to go
3: O oh, for it, but you know what I mean. It, right. it does They to really, have
2: bad, big, bad World Baseball Classic. They
3: can do poorly, and it's not going to not like the Bogarts going to come back to San Diego and Bob Melvin's is going to put him on the bench because you know he had a bad World Baseball Classic. But I, Nick Martinez is a guy I wonder about, right? I mean, if he pitches a, you know, a shutout or a seven inning two hitter for the Team USA. You know, to me, that's that's a feather in Nick Martinez's cap in the mind of the Padres.
2: Yeah, because you know, not only not only would it be—I mean, just think of the circumstances. Those games are going to be like real games, right? He's not like pitching in. Spring. These are like better than spring training games, and quite and, and at least in some of the lineups, as you start getting into some of the uh, the big dogs in that competition, there ain't going to be none of these you no know, slouches in these lineups either. So no. Um, it's a good it's a good measuring stick for Nick, but I will tell you what, Nick has been very impressive uh in his two starts. Uh Weathers was able to log two in a third inning. He gave up one run, got himself out of a bases loaded jam. He looks better. I mean the ball's coming out. I know he has cleaned up his wind up a little bit, going with the, you know, old school glove over the head wind up. Um and he's looked good. He still has still struggles a little bit out of the stretch, but um all in all pretty good day Padres uh look good once again game was shortened due to rain Uh, apparently my um your forecast my uh, my forecast was was right on the Tony
3: 5000 Tony Tony (laughs) Tony's weather machine was incredible we were talking at the beginning of the show and I kept saying you know boy it's rainy it's terrible the weather's bad in San Diego I said but it's really nice in Phoenix, where the Padres, in Peoria, where the Padres are playing, and Tony was sitting in his, not at the game today, he was uh, at his uh, palatial estate there on palatial. site at Peoria. And, and he, he looked at his weather machine, and it told him, it's going to start raining any minute. And as soon as Tony said that, it actually started pouring in Peoria. It really did. It was and a, they pretty incredible. Calling the game like five pitches later. So Tony was on it.
2: Uh, Yesterday, obviously, the big news was Fernando Tatis Jr. Returned to the lineup. We were able to get some sound from Bob Melvin talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. and his return yesterday in a real live game. Felt good. Next time he'll have today off
4: and then he'll play in the outfield tomorrow.
1: As far as testing the shoulder, it looked like he was not
0: tentative at all, at least on that first swing.
4: No, nor the base running part of it, too. So he just wants to go out there and play instinctively, and that was all part of, you know, trying to get him, take him through all the, you know, as we talked about, check the boxes to make sure that he he knows how everything was going to feel before he got out there.
1: Along with the, the big solid swing, also you mentioned the stolen base. He actually had to use that left arm to keep himself close. So I guess some good signs that he, he's not worried about the shoulder at all.
4: Yeah, I think that <clears throat> the stolen base, you know, came into play for quite a, you know, all his, you know, his surgery, so whether it was the wrist or whether it was the shoulder, I think, you know, there's a certain security you feel in knowing that you get out there and you test it right away, and it feels good.
2: And, I mean, I think he's got that big oven mitt now he can use um, that, that protects that hand and that wrist. Who invented uh, those? Do you know, Tony? So so let me how tell did those you. those come
3: into be? Because I would have thought the last thing you would ever want on your hand is this big, gigantic oven mitt and then somebody wore one one time, I guess, and now everybody wears them, and it's the thing to do.
2: Yeah, no, it's a brilliant, brilliant uh, invention. It started with kind of the the oven mitt originated as basically a skater wrist guard, right? You know, the wrist guard that you pull over your hand. Yeah. It have like a little piece of metal so that when you landed on your hand, you didn't like break your wrist. It yeah, like rollerblading, I use those. Right. Then they really, that was great, you know, because what happens is you slide feet first. So many guys put that left hand, or depending on what side you slide, it. for me it was my left hand, you put it down, you do it hard enough, you can break your wrist, jam your wrist really bad, and so you wear that. But then there was no protection for, like, getting stepped on or getting cleated on the other side. So they built, like, what was originally, like, just, like, kind of a, a piece that went over your hand that also, and then they just made it one whole guard. And that's how the the, the so-called oven mitt start, started, either guys, uh, first baseman or second baseman, dropping a knee on that hand um, to, that ends up breaking it, or it getting stepped on or cleated on top of that hand. So you really prevent that, or the worst, you get that hand stuck under, that those fingers stuck underneath the bag, and that's a definite broken fingers waiting to happen. So uh, it's really for the feet-first guys that they use the oven mitt, um, but it, It has proved to be a valuable piece of equipment, stopping a bunch of broken hands. Crazy. Never would have
3: imagined that.
2: No, and, and Fernando, uh, I'm sure, we see it all now. Kazan Kim wears two of them. He got two oven mitts when he's running around. The <laughs> he bus. does. Don't throw him
4: a pass when he's on the base. <laughs> and that's why he can't keep his helmet on. Because he's like, <laughs> when he's running with the two oven mitts, he's like trying to put his helmet back
2: Yeah, on. well, you know, it would help if he just got a smaller helmet. I mean, his his bobblehead his, has uh, a removable helmet. A removable helmet? Oh, yes. my Lord. I mean, this man, is, when he swings at it. It comes off. Like, that of would us, drive me. That would us, drive me nuts.
3: Not all of us are as follically blessed as Hassan. That's, that's true. So.
2: That's true. I guess if he I can share like off. his, I would knock my helmet off too when I was running yeah. around the bases, so it could flow in the air. You Never
3: know who might be looking.
2: <laughs> uh, Padres uh, in action tomorrow. They'll play the Mariners. So although it's not a home game, it's a home game because right. uh, both both of them share complexes. Um, but I, these guys, I think Bogarts left this morning. Um, we know how Sung how Sung Kim already, uh, left. Do Darvish already left. I'm pretty sure like this is, we're getting to that point where, where Manny's not going to be here. Nelson's not going to be here. Uh, who am I missing? Soto's not going to be here. Those are the remaining guys left. I think who haven't. And Lugo, I think he's going to be leaving here pretty soon.
3: Well, uh, it's the world baseball classic. This is, you know, baseball's big deal. Um, I, I – let me ask you this about the World Baseball Classic. Could they not have played it in a colder weather month or was that the reason they chose not to so that it didn't coincide with spring training is what I'm asking? Like, could they have no, played it in, there's, Dece- there's, in de- December or January? Nobody would want to play. It's just ridiculous,
2: huh? Yeah, no, nobody
3: would want to play. If yeah, that, so you have to do it in March and you just you have to wipe it, out spring training basically. You
2: got to do it early and trust me, um, you know – not everybody is in the Padres situation, and trust me, not people would love to be playing some games that are meaningful in March, kind of kickstarting their year versus the redundancy of spring training and getting you know two at bats, three at bats, heading home. Like it gets, it gets boring after a while. So you know, <laughs> Padres are in, Padres are in a different boat, right? Because. Their team is expected to to do some serious damage this year. Yeah. Um. So we all kind of want them to be together, but man, spring training is, whew, it could it could become monotonous at at times. So. Yeah.
3: World Baseball Classic starts in a week. Basically, next Wednesday yeah. or Tuesday or Wednesday. So and so
2: you got so you got guys going. I think Bogarts is he, he got the, he got a long trip because he's going all the way out overseas. Yeah,
4: that's true. You uh, Darvish uh, had to go to Japan. You
2: Darvish had to go to Japan. So you know these guys are some of these guys have like some of them have quick flights. Some of them got you know uh, Nick's doesn't have to go very far. Uh, Manny, I think they're headed over to Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Where's uh, the United
3: for, States uh, home base
2: going to be? I, I feel like they're in Arizona, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think so. so yeah, they they're have to in go Arizona. Anywhere. So Nick has Nick has got the easiest travel of all. Yeah. Unless I keep forgetting it, right, that Manny... unless
3: it's in Scottsdale, then we already know that's a difficult oh, drive. Because yes. you had to make yeah. it yesterday going in the Oof. direction.
2: We got to make it again Saturday. Thank God it's a weekend. <laughs> Nobody will be on the freeway. I was already dreading it. I, uh, I keep forgetting to...
4: that Manny is playing for a different country, and I, I keep thinking he's on Team USA, but he's not. He's on the Dominican Republic. And that makes yes, me sad he because he's very good. That makes me sad. It
0: does. I want him on Team
2: USA, but I have to respect it. <laughs> Let's get to break. More Gwen and Chris and the happy hour on the way.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee. Twenty four monthly bill credits for qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 5-18.
3: Five eighteen. Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraggy, Gwyn and Chris program. Happy hour rolling towards six o'clock. Lakers playing a shorthanded and then some tonight. No LeBron James. No uh, Anthony Davis. No d'Angelo Russell, uh nonetheless, they lead Oklahoma City in the early going Tony Come on, eighteen boys. to thirteen. Come on, boys, off to a good start there. Are the Lakers trying to keep their uh desperate playoff hopes alive by the way and and I know you want to get into a tweet that you have, Tony uh regarding Manny Machado before I get to that, how about this stat I saw the other night i I don't often just go with a stat on its own on an island. But this one blew me away. I was watching the Nuggets play the, I guess it was the Clippers. And Jokic had another unbelievable game, another triple-double. As a matter of fact, last night he recorded his 100th career triple-double. But that's not the stat. The stat is that Nikola Jokic this year has shot 50% or better from the, fleet, uh, from the field in 49 consecutive games. Mm. That is ridiculous. I, That's I, a dependable bucket right Right? There. I, I had to look that up because I didn't believe it. And it's true. And if you look at Nikola Jokic field goal shooting this year, he has shot 50% or better in all but one game. That's crazy. The whole season. And people are saying, well, he's going to have to win his third straight MVP. Yeah, I guess so. He's an automatic triple-double. He never misses a shot, and his team has the best record in the league. We'll see. Pretty hard yeah. to argue it. We'll see if he ends up winning. But I, I thought that was an amazing statistic.
2: Michael Jordan could have won it every year, too, but they decided to give it to other people. They snuck a few ridiculous. other guys in, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Jokic, um, go ahead. It, it, in my attempt to, to be a little bit petty today, I was reminded about a tweet only because some people had liked it Recently, and it was a tweet from four <laughs> years ago, so I had forgot about it. Matter of fact, I didn't even know what my tweet meant until I like clicked on it and like went. Oh, it's back your,
4: then, you sent the tweet.
2: I sent the tweet, oh. and, it, and it was just uh, some emojis of salt. Um, <laughs> there was a there was a gentleman by the name of John Johnson. He actually covers uh the Phillies. He's on our Odyssey. He's an Odyssey family member. He had tweeted out in the end. Machado went for the money. And this was back in, mind you, this is back in February of 2019. So this is right after he signed. It so says, in the end, Machado went for the money in a city with beautiful weather where no one cares. Character revealed. All the pressure now on at the time, John Milton, is Harper worth more than 10 years, $300 million?
3: Uh-huh.
2: Um, he would go on to say, because I assume somebody called him out, and this was before. I said anything. He says, ha, ha, ha. I'm not hating on him choosing lifestyle and money. So much was made about wanting to play for a team in contention and how dare question he sell for anywhere else. And I just thought that that was one of those tweets that, you know, didn't age well.
3: No, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) Didn't age well.
2: I mean, because ultimately Manny wasn't signing for a team that was in contention right now. He was signing with a team that he felt would be in contention. And boy oh boy has that ever turned out to be true. Now, the irony in this is that he covers the Phillies, who happen to be the team that took out the Padres in last year's NLCS. But I would venture the four years that Manny's been here has been uh has experienced more winning than the Phillies have in the four years that uh that Harper's been there. So there's yeah. that. I just wanted to share that. I'm
3: glad you did and uh it is interesting that uh Certain comments are better left uh, <laughs> left unrepeated, right? Because that one right. was turned out to be way off, being very critical of Manny for coming to San Diego just
2: for the money.
3: Apparently, he came here for a lot of money and a lot of winning. Yeah, because that's what's happening right now. A lot now. of fun.
2: A lot of people who care too. How about
3: that? Yeah, that's right. That was kind of a shot at us. That was a shot at us. Shot at all of us fans,
4: and we no don't care. No one cares,
2: huh? Yeah. Well, we do now. Ask our fan fest sucker. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you know what? It's actually kind of funny. I tweeted something earlier today because I saw a lot of anger from different fans around baseball, basically blaming the Padres for you know buying a team or whatever. But I found oh, it, stop I it. find it as Tony would say really rich that these people from the Dodgers organization, the Phillies <laughs> Wait, organization,
2: I like, tell you people people don't mind nowadays throwing rocks when they live in a glass house. Like yeah. they just they just completely throw that to the side.
4: Now. Yeah, I tweeted the amount of fans of other teams and in, in parentheses, teams that spend a lot of money triggered by the Padres spending is very interesting. That just tells me the Padres are doing it right. No one gets triggered by a bad team. And
2: it's oh, true. Oh, that is just funny.
4: I mean, I was so just I, I wake up sometimes. I see these tweets, and before I get my morning coffee, I'm already fired up. Fired up, Chris. What about you?
3: I think you can. Uh, have a solution for you. Don't check Twitter. No, have your morning coffee earlier. Oh, okay. Have <laughs> it before you get up. Okay. All right. I'll have do it, it in sitting bed. Sitting there, right at the side like of Michael your bed. Like Michael Scott. And... I'll create some bacon on the side of the bed. Drink oh. it right before you get up. <laughs> then you won't have to worry about it. Uh, we have a couple of seconds left here before we get to our interview of the day. I uh, thought we'd talk a little football. The NFL Players Association released what it describes as, quote, free agency report cards for oh, all 32 like this. teams. This is really telling. Uh, the president of the NFLPA said that roughly 1,300 players responded to this survey.
2: That's, oh, so they were all ready to spill the tea then.
5: <laughs>
3: this is pretty much every player in the league, you know, responded to this survey and players how about, were,
2: go ahead. Chris, Chris, real quick, how about that? You get almost every player in the league to respond to this survey, but you couldn't get everybody to vote on the actual uh, – Great point. On the, C, on the CBA. Yes, they that's are, an amazing thing. They point. can't wait to tell the owners how they feel about their teams.
3: Yes, the players were asked their opinions – about their own teams only and the question covered eight topics the treatment of the players families the food service the weight room the strength coaches the training room the training staff the locker room and team travel players were asked you know to rate those things with their own teams then the survey put everything together and they call it a free agency report card because i guess it's kind of a it's it's something that a free agent could look at it and say, "Oh, this is the best franchise." Excuse me. Sorry about that. I uh, didn't know what
2: was I happening. What yeah. <laughs> no, it's I fine. thought I thought I got cut off for no, a second. No, no, I'm no, like, oh. no, it's good.
4: Chris is. uh I Did you
3: eat? Eating crackers? No, I didn't. I just sneezed. Something completely different than usual. <laughs> All right, here we go. So the top teams in the NFL, as far as taking care of their own players off the field and weight room and strength and treatment of their families, Etc The top three teams in order. Number three, the Las Vegas Raiders. Number two, the Miami Dolphins. Number one, Ooh. the Minnesota Vikings. But was, the, wait, what was this? These are the top three teams. Three, two, okay. and one. In overall? Overall. So they're ranked okay. the best places for a free agency to go because – In the categories of travel and locker room services and everything else, they treat their players the best. But, of course, we're not interested in who the best is. We're far more interested in the lousy franchises. Who are the three worst franchises in the National (laughs) Football League? And this isn't going to surprise anybody who lives in San Diego. The 30th-ranked team in the NFL... The Los Angeles the Chargers. Chargers. <laughs> yes, that's right.
2: This is their own team? This is their own guy saying this? Their own guys, ranking teams,
3: rank the Chargers the third worst franchise in football, second wow. worst the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> and the absolute worst the Washington Commanders. Of course. Of Dude. Daniel Snyder. Of course. And here's the here's the – Uh, scorecard for the Commanders, and this is their own players rating this, treatment of their families. And Tony, kind of explain what that is, but I mean, wives, girlfriends, kids, do they have a place for them to go? Do they have something for them to eat while they're at games, practices, facilities, etc.? Commanders got an F for that.
2: Right. So that would be like playrooms for the kids. Yeah, something so that for their they family. Have a place to go right right. Uh, security for their families um, Very good. Just different accommodations like that. you know you, that's what they're grading this on.
3: All right, so the commander's got an F for that. food service and nutrition. the commander's got a D plus mm. their weight mm. room. Pretty good. They got a C plus.
4: You can't really mess up a weight. Pretty role. good. Well, for them, that was
3: pretty good, a C plus. Their strength coaches, the strength coaches of the Commanders have to feel really good. Because on a team where everything was awful, the strength coaches got an A plus. Oh, nice. So yeah, the Commanders yeah. players love their strength coaches. But the training room, F minus. The locker room and listen, this- F minus Team travel F F. I like minus. how there is an
4: F minus. Like an F isn't bad enough. <laughs> no, you have minus. to go. They're getting ready to get, so ready to get an E on this so pretty soon.
2: Sure. <laughs> yeah.
3: So anyway, that's that. You know, but that, that that says. I mean, it says a lot to me because you know yeah, Tony as a former yeah. player. These kinds of things. The word gets around the league, and you say to your buddy, "Man, hey, don't go to the Commanders, man. They 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 don't have it together down there."
2: Yeah, man. I mean, different organizations value different things. Particularly the family one is is an extremely important one for most players, right? If they don't feel like their family is taken care of, that's one more thing they're worried about outside of what they should be worried about. It's also another thing they have
3: to hear about from their significant other (laughs) at the end of the (laughs) day. That part, too. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That part, too. But yeah, that's an important one. I think it speaks volumes, though, because. You know, most of the coaches in the industry, like, they do genuinely care. And Mojas, when they recognize everything else is around them is bad, will do their best to make the experience with the player as good as possible. And that's what, to me, the Commander's uh, strength team is trying to do. They recognize that everything is crappy around them, too. So right. they're going to make the time they spend with these players as, as good as possible. So... That's not something else they're worried about.
3: There was one other note in the survey. Apparently the Jacksonville Jaguars dealt with a rodent problem for three to wow. four weeks last I know Urban season. Meyer was there. Hello! That was actually one of your better ones. <laughs> Thank I you. you. <laughs> I couldn't find the rimshot button. It was one of your better ones. <laughs> Players of the Jaguars, get this one reported that there was a rat infestation in the locker room and in the laundry hampers. That earned the team a D-minus on their locker room section of the report.
2: Yikes. i got to say, I've been in a lot of locker rooms, haven't seen any rodents. you got rodents in your locker room. That's a a big problem.
3: Yeah, and uh, to speak to you about how families are taken care of, the Jags are apparently one of 14 teams that do not offer a family room And Mm. apparently Jaguars' players' wives had to breastfeed their babies on the floor of the stadium's public restrooms, per the survey. Come on. Man, take care of your players and their family. Get them a room. Get them a a changing station. Not that difficult.
2: That's crazy. That's crazy. All right.
3: (laughs) Uh, Final bottom line, Tretier, the president of the NFLPA, said most of the situations – Were examples of teams doing great things for their players. So he said he didn't want it to be mudslinging, but that's what's going to happen. It's
2: hard not to focus on the F minus. Yeah, I was going to say, an F minus is
3: mudslinging because there's no such thing as an F minus. Yes, the Chargers, the fact that the Chargers are included at the bottom of the survey, though, not surprising to a lot of people around here who felt, you know, we've always felt that the Chargers organization was lacking. In a lot of areas. (laughs) It was only proven right there. Only proven there. All right, we got our interview of the day coming up with A.J. Casavell of MLB.com. Gets caught up on the latest with the Padres when Gwen and Chris resumes.
2: 5.38 on the clock in San Diego. 6.38 here in Phoenix. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matthew Scraby winding down here in the happy hour. Got a... uh, Excuse me, A.J. Castleville interview coming up for you here shortly. Oh, excuse me. Um, Lakers. What are, what are Lakers doing right now, Chris? 31-30,
3: Lakers at the end of the first quarter.
2: Well, they scored 31 points in the first quarter? Yeah,
4: that's not Why a good Why are minute. you
2: so stunned?
4: <laughs> Just because they have no one really playing right now. They have Definitely. a lot of guys playing.
2: Kevin Durant's got 14 points as the Suns are up 78-65. He's 6 of 9 from the field, 2 of yeah. 3 from three-point land. So much for
3: my, he's going to need a game to get <laughs> custom to the Suns. 21
4: and a half points.
3: Although Devin he's, Booker's taken more than half as many shots as Durant. Booker's taken 20 shots already. He's got 29 points. He's got points. 29 points. This guy is, uh,
2: you, where did he go to college, Booker? He went to Kentucky. Kentucky. He was on that team Panthers. that was under... Was just he eat it until the championship?
3: I just didn't remember him. I mean, just to me, he's one of those guys that showed up in the NBA, he, and I'm like, wow, he, he's that good.
2: He was, He wasn't. He was very much like uh, Vince Carter, right? He just kind of blended in in college, but everybody who who knew something about basketball was like, this dude is going to be really good when yeah. he comes out. You know who else NBA. was
3: like that? I thought. Well, at UCLA was Russell Westbrook. Westbrook was yeah. very good 100%. at UCLA. He was coming off the some bitch. Very, He was on some very good at UCLA, but he didn't scream, you know, potential Hall of Famer.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: So a lot yeah, of guys are like that in college.
2: You know, Well, it's interesting because college is the one level that can kind of hide you, right? I think everybody knew how good Michael was, but he didn't really come into, like, explosion until he got to the nba that's, no, that's he, for sure the old saying was
3: that uh the only person that could slow down michael jordan <laughs> was dean smith his coach <laughs> in right. north carolina
2: that's right so uh so yeah you know that that's that's not a that's not a that's not a new thing all right uh as i said we do have aj Casavell for you coming up before we get to that though let's check a little track
3: Let's go out to our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline in Peoria, Arizona. A.J. Casavell from MLB.com. We thank you for the time. How are you, A.J.? Good to talk to you.
6: I have plenty of time for you guys. It was an hour and 55-minute game shortened by rain. So. isn't All this time in the world.
3: Isn't this wonderful? I mean, is everybody liking this more than they thought they were going to like it, A.J., the the, the speed-up
6: game? I don't know about everybody. I mean, I think there's some people who are still getting used to it, but for the like, I think the general consensus is that this is it's it's not the time of the game. And I know you see that on Twitter. Uh, you'll you'll see, oh look, look at this game. It was two hours and however many minutes. Two twenty nine was our first one, and whatever. I I could care less about what the time ends up being. It's just that the baseball itself is being played at kind of a pace that that lends to excitement and action. And it's kind of the way it's the way I grew up watching baseball. And at some point in the last 20 years, it got slower. And it's, it's, it, it's just a much better spectacle from at least where I'm standing.
2: Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I, I don't know about you, but it, and I don't know if it's has anything to do with the actual pitch clock, but it just seems like there's just balls in play. There's a lot more action going on. Uh, so I, I, I'll, I agree with you, AJ, this has been good. This is a game that we, um, we grew up watching. I, I want to ask you a little bit about the rotation because uh, it was your question uh, the, that we listened to a little bit earlier about six-man, five-man, five-and-a-half-man. Is there anybody in that mix that maybe uh, we don't talk about as much? I know we we talk about Martinez, we talk about Lugo, uh, Morty Hone. Is, is there another guy in that mix that may have a shot to, to be one of those type of
6: pitchers? Well, I think it's time to start kind of asking that question because we don't know when Joe Musgrove is coming back. And so a guy like Jay Groom, who looked sharp this spring, um, Ryan Weathers has kind of changed up his delivery a little bit, and I think he expects better results than what he got last season in the AAA as a result. Um, guys like Brent Honeywell, I, I think the five-and-a-half, like if, if if kind of I'm drawing it up, what the Padres are going to do for those first four or five weeks of the season when they, have, they open the year with 24 games in 25 days, uh, it's something like that where you maybe go five man, five man, six man, and, and you call a guy up for that spot start to make sure that the rest of your guys are fresh and you kind of play with the off day or two that you get early in the season. So, um, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of find out over the next couple weeks which of these guys are ready. The Padres essentially tried to bring as many of those those fringe guys into camp and and hope that one or two of them hit so that they have the requisite pitching depth. Uh, they have guys like Julio Tehran, Jay Groom, Ryan Weathers, Brent Honeywell, that caliber of, of pitcher who, if things break right, they could be a serviceable, useful back of the rotation big league piece. Um, and I think that's kind of what the rest of the spring's for, is seeing which of those guys fill that role.
3: AJ, is the signing of uh, Rugnet Odor to a, to a minor league contract, is this more about trying to have somebody to make sure they can fill spots while uh, a lot of players are gone for the for the World Baseball Classic? Or has door got a legit shot to make this team? Does David Dahl on a minor league contract have a legit shot to make this? And, you know, who are the people competing for those bench spots that a lot of fans seem to think, you know, the Padres are lacking a little depth behind their superstar starting lineup. But I think there's some pretty good players out there that are battling for these positions.
6: Yeah, I think there's some useful depth. It it, it might feel a little thin on that opening day roster just because you don't have Fernandez at Jr. in right field. So you got to put one of those guys in right field. And by default, one of those guys coming off the bench. Um, but once Tetis returns, I think there's, there's plenty of depth in this organization. And guys like Odor and Dahl, for me... There's a place for at least one of them on the bench because if you're drawing up what that opening day bench might look like, it's really right-handed heavy. And those are two left-handed hitters that have done it before in the big leagues. And so if if, if Matt Carpenter's starting because the Padres need to kind of shake up their lineup because Fernando Tatis Jr. is not in there for those first 20 games, well, who's your lefty bat on the bench going to be? I, I think David Dahl's swung a really nice bat early this spring. He's, he's kind of fully recovered from the shoulder thing that that bothered him the last year or two. And then, uh, I mean, if Odor competes and if he, if he shows something, I know he struggled in Baltimore last year, there's a spot for him in that, in that role, in that type of role too. So uh, these guys are going to get a real chance to make the big league roster. I don't know what, what the stipulations exactly are in their contracts of, I know some of the more veteran guys have, have the, the ability to opt out if they don't make the big league club, but I think it's, it's in, it's a distinct possibility that at least one of these guys makes the roster and there's there's bench places available.
2: AJ Casaval joins us here on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. And, AJ, uh, Brandon Dixon has had a pretty good spring training thus far. He, he's versatile. He can play a little bit of the outfield. Um, you mentioned kind of that fourth outfielder spot. Uh, he certainly could fill it. You got you got Sugar Azokar going uh, for the Padres, Jose Azokar. Um, how, how have you seen? What have you? Do you think the Padres are looking at one of those two guys for that uh, fourth outfield spot? And if and if there's another one, who is that?
6: I think it's those two guys, and they might ultimately both have a chance to make the roster depending on um, the status of Adam Engel, who I know has been he's looked actually pretty good in some of the, some of the backfield at bats he's taking, but he's unable to run so far right. because of a uh, because of a calf strain. So if he's If he opens the season on the injured list, which I think is a possibility, then there's room for both of those guys, and like you said, the good thing about this race, and you don't want to read too much into a few at-bats in late February, early March, but all these guys, Azokar, David Dahl, and Brandon Dixon have looked sharp this spring, and that's the way you want your spring competitions to play out. You want the guys competing for it to to be pushing each other, and so there's there's a place for both of them, obviously, Dixon and Azokar are very different players, Azokar's defense is outstanding. You can play all three of those outfield spots. Dixon's defense is extremely useful in a way because the Padres don't have many backup options in the infield. Now they did just bring on Rugnet O'Dorr, but Dixon can play he can slide between the two and he can slide infield outfield if you if you want to maneuver some guys in the field, especially in the early part of the season with uh Tatis out, he's he could be capable of doing it. So versatility, obviously always a good thing off the bench. I mean, these guys have been they've been hitting, and they've been, they've been playing well, and that's what the Padres wanted to see.
3: AJ, what do you think about the – what's the latest on the catching situation? Uh, you know, we still got a ways to go, so I know it's difficult for Bob Melvin to pin it down exactly how he plans on using, uh, you know, Nola and Campusano. And how much do you think Campusano is going to be pushing Nola for playing time, and how do you think it's going to get ferreted out, at least at the beginning?
6: Yeah, I think the beginning will be whatever, whatever it ends up being at the beginning will, it'll be kind of a fluid situation throughout the year where, um, if Camposano hits, he can force his way into more of it. I would say at the start of the season, maybe you're looking at something like once or twice each time through the rotation where Campesano is behind the plate. Uh, he could maybe force his way into, into closer to 40% of those reps if he has a really big spring. Um, and, I mean, obviously the Padres have been waiting for this police camp to breakout for a long time now, but it's – I mean, catching in the major leagues is tough. It's the one position where there's – the most things are happening and it's probably the hardest to hit the ground running in the big leagues. And so if he kind of proves that this is – and there have been really, really strong reports throughout camp – on what he's done this year and kind of his investment in this pitching staff. Um, If, if this is the year that he has that breakthrough, I think the Padres could see maybe mid season, something of a relatively equal timeshare. That's, that's kind of their, their view on what, what happens if everything breaks, right. Um, But for now it's, it. I I would say it's Nola's job, but the starting catcher job isn't really, I mean, that's an antiquated notion at this point. The catching is, it's a two man job and I would say yeah. it's it's probably to start the season something like two thirds of the time NOLA, one third of the time Campus Allah.
2: Out of all the AJ, out of all the competitions in camp, um we, we seem to have a good idea on, you know, the, the the groups that's going for uh the fourth outfield spot or maybe the extra infielder. We seem to know how the DH is probably gonna work out. The bullpen, though, it seems like that's probably not as set, and maybe that's because you don't know if we're going to have a five, five six-man rotation. What about the bullpen? And, and, and I'm sure that's going to take some time to work out, but would you agree that that's like the,
6: the toughest to p- fully put together, how it's going to actually work out? think so because there's just so many guys and it's, it's the it's the problem you want to have but you, you've got guys like jose castillo michelle baez who are now healthy and and they could make an impact in that bullpen um I, obviously steven wilson adrian more you don't know what's going to happen whether he's going to be built up toward that, that sixth or five and a half starter role um you've got some of these starters who in theory could be good swingmen out of the bullpen they could they could be serve as that long reliever type and so I, I think there is some clarity in the bullpen that, you know, at least five of the names, Right. You, you, you've got Hader and Suarez and Hill and Garcia. And, um, off the top of my head, I'm forgetting someone, but, uh, but Drew Pomerantz would be the sixth. And then that seventh spot is open. And then we don't know whether the eighth spot is open, but there are definitively names to fill those seventh and eighth spots. And so I think, uh, I just think that, that the bullpen is probably the hardest to determine, and it's also – I mean, it's early March. It's, it's You don't know kind of how – what what's going to happen in a bullpen throughout, the, throughout spring training. There's always twists and turns and little nicks here and there.
3: Hey, Jay, it doesn't seem like anybody's all that concerned that the Padres aren't going to have a great season this year. I, it's almost impossible to imagine them falling short – but uh, if you go back to 2020, it was a shortened season. They got into the postseason. There were a lot of expectations for 2021, and uh, they did fall short. 2022, I don't know that the expectations were the same, and uh, they ended up taking it all the way to the National League Championship Series. Are they aware of the expectations as a team, and how do you suppose this team is going to best deal with those expectations?
6: They're very aware of the expectations and they're, they're, they're trying not to downplay them, which to their credit, that's, I mean, they, they, they want to, they want to win the whole thing. They want to win the world series and they're not, they're, they're not lying about that, but they're also saying that it's a, if that's what you're, if that's kind of what you're worried about and you're not worried about the day-to-day that you're not going to get the kind of results you want to get. And so I, in 2021, that team, I, I think you look at that team that had more, more flaws obviously than, than this team, but expectations are, are tough, and the vibes are as high as they've ever been in a Padres camp, maybe ever, for this team. And it, it it's a baseball season. You're gonna go. You're gonna go two and five on a road trip, and when that happens, and I'm sure fan sentiment's gonna turn at some point. Just, I mean, not wholly, but just just that's the way baseball works. It's it's gonna get tough. And you'd kind of need to have the resiliency to, to withstand that. And you're playing in a really tough division with, with one of the best teams in baseball. I don't care what the Dodgers did or didn't do during the offseason. It's going to be a really, really tough division almost regardless. And so I've got, I just think it'll be, it, it, it's the expectations are there and the Padres are wholly acknowledging them, which I appreciate because I think if you deny the expectations, you kind of set yourself up not to, not because they're there anyway. You know what they are. Yeah. And and they haven't set themselves up to to kind of be taken aback by them. They're embracing them and understanding what what awaits them.
3: Very well explained, as always, from AJ Casavell, our guy down in Peoria from MLB.com, and uh, I'm sure you've uh, seen Tony Gwynn Jr. But hey. The rest of the show is on its way, AJ. We will be down there in a couple of weeks, so we'll look forward to seeing you. Thanks so much for your time, as always. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, enjoy some of the extra time you have off, thanks to the rain out.
6: Thanks, AJ. I will do so, and I can't wait to see you guys. Appreciate it there.
3: Uh, AJ Cassaville joining us on the uh, Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. You can save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us on a Wednesday evening. Kevin Durant needs uh, one more point to go over. <laughs> yes! He's at 21 with seven minutes to go. Phoenix leads Charlotte 89-80. to How about Georgetown? Georgetown getting 18 points against Creighton. They're already down 13-0 what? four minutes into the game. What? So that may not hold up. Lakers are at Oklahoma City. Thunder 49, Lakers 48, four minutes to go in the second. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday evening. We're back at it, 2 o'clock tomorrow. We will, uh, well, hey, it's March, so we will be talking a little March Madness, among other things, on the program. We'll see you then.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?